0: <laughs> no, no I <it> didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, look. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Hi guys, hope all's well. Welcome to Righty's House on Ringer FC. Today we're gonna to be theorizing about the state of the Premier League, especially with European football coming back and the international break, all that stuff going on. And we're gonna be doing the first ever Righty's House mailbag. And my guest is Stadios Ryan Han, aka Ilrai Hunduan. <laughs>
1: This episode is brought to you by the Volvo XC90 Recharge Plug-in Hybrid. The Volvo XC90 Recharge Plug-in Hybrid is designed for the ultimate safety test: climate change. Because when driving in pure mode, you're driving electric. For everyone's safety. Visit volvocars.com/us.
2: This episode is brought to you by Neutro Natural Choice Dog Food. Everything dogs do, they give their 100%. Feed them food to help them keep giving it their all with Neutro Natural Choice Dog Food. Neutro. Feed clean. Learn more at neutro.com. Made with non-GMO ingredients, trace amounts may be present due to potential cross-contact during manufacturing.
0: How are you, Matt? You know, the thing is, Ray, I feel really good this week.
3: Yeah? Feel good this week. I okay, love doing podcasts with you and me, so every time I'm like, how are you? You're both like,
0: amazing. Yeah, but right, remember, last week, I felt like I brought people down, and I hate that. No, because I, no not at all. What I want people to understand when I'm doing this, is as much as we know what we're doing, it's a podcast, and we try, we're having fun, and we're doing stuff, but I'm never going to lie about what's going on, because I think that um, people who are listening as well, sometimes, they feel the same. When you feel like that, I think it's important, but I felt like that, and then you know, for different reasons. You know what I mean? It was it was a shit week. But fact is, this weekend, and looking forward to doing this, and and just everything just feels good. I just feel really good, man.
3: I think like last week was. I wish you and Carl and Musa and Jeanette didn't have to talk about that stuff as much as you yeah, do. Yeah, no. But, but um, I think I'm glad. I'm glad we did that because I think it was important. And also, it's like. What's well, what we do doing it on this it's feed? What we do. It's like we we can we, we can talk about racism and then come back and call someone a catfish. <laughs> <laughs> and you know <laughs> something? Like, there you how... a
0: podcast that could do both. Exactly. We are. That's the, the if people want the future of how you, you you can speak about racism and catfish or cars cars come to our <laughs> podcast because you're gonna get you're gonna get that because I, I hope that the, the day will come where you can throw in racism with cars and all this sort of stuff, and people just say yeah that was pretty cool. Because that's how it should be. But right, the Premier League, my friend, Mm, is...
3: Oh my goodness.
0: Right. I I remember you you mentioned the other day about everything was happening with the Premier League and how it could work out simply because of what's going on, right? And I've Mm. not stopped thinking about it. I want you to explain it again, because the way you said it made me like just delve off into this like conceptual kind of like Premier League and how it could go simply yeah. because of everything was about to hit the Premier League bro yeah so we were talking about what we wanted to talk about we're
3: thinking we should probably do a Premier League bit again mm-hmm. it was a few weeks ago we did a bit of a Premier League as it, as it stands kind of thing mm-hmm. but if you think back then Spurs were
0: what, a, second? Yeah, they were doing some good stuff.
3: United were top or around there. Mm. And Villa were up there. Everton mm. were up there. Liverpool, I think Leicester. Liverpool were top at the time, yes. actually. And then Leicester were right up there, which yeah. they still are.
0: Well, South, Southampton were doing good stuff at the time yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Southampton were really high up. And I mean, we
3: said it on Studio this week that this, mm-hmm. this, this weekend kind of feels like the first time where everyone's known that City have been coming for a while. Yeah, yeah. But now it's kind of like they've They're got here. that five-point lead. They're actually they've here. They've got their game in hand. Yeah. It's like... The bit in Star Wars where all of the fleet like comes out of hyperspace. Like, <laughs> oh, God. It's- and it's just like Pep and his weird scarf just stood on the bridge. Oh, my.
0: God. But we were
3: also saying because of what's about to come. So mm. you've got the European competitions returning yeah. this month. In March, you've got an international break. Mm-hmm. It's still not as cut and dried as we maybe think it is. We were going to talk about how to look ahead and maybe kind yes. of. But not predict, because I I think it's really hard to fully predict what's going to happen.
0: Everybody's so inconsistent, apart from City. Mm.
3: But also, I really do think that in the next six, eight weeks, Mm -hmm. we're going to see chaos like we've never seen it.
0: I need to speak to somebody, because I need somebody to help me. Because I feel like I'm alone in this quest I'm on for Sheffield United. Oh, yeah. Because... You know, you only have to look at the league to see that's 12 points off of safety. And I have boldly gone out there. I've boldly gone like Star Trek, like where nobody has gone before and said, I believe they can do something. I believe Mm -hmm. they can save themselves. And, you know, I have to give it some context simply because, right, in respects of what they're capable of doing, how they play. Mm. if they could get their goal scorers just nicking a few they're not getting hammered they don't get hammered None. by anyone None. they're in the games
3: yeah I think they've only lost by more than two goals in the Premier League
0: twice twice right Southampton
3: and Chelsea
0: and we, and we know like their manager is not going to let them sit on their laurels we know that that team works hard because they know what they're about mm. and so I said you know something they may not do it right but what I have faith in is that they're not going to stop trying mm. And with all, like you mentioned, right, with all the things that's going to happen, players going away, international break, European games, top end.
3: This is where I think that some of these sides are going to start picking up points. Because I still don't think we fully understand the physical state of some of these players at the Mm. moment. Like I said last week that on Stadio about, you know, Arsene, Wenger used to go on about the red zone all the time. And I wonder how many of these Liverpool players, for example, even the ones that are fully fit, are in the red zone. Yeah. You know or any of yeah. these players, and then they're going to have to start traveling for European stuff soon. Mm-hmm. We don't know what the COVID situation is going to be like with them, so for example, if Sheffield United they're going to be fresher because mm. they're not going to have as many fixtures to play out for the rest of the season. Yeah. you never know when they might pick up three or four points I mean yeah. there are st- this is the thing there are still f- they've still got 15 games to play Sheffield mm. United if they pick up
0: four wins and maybe three draws or something like that. That might, you never, that might literally be enough. I think once they get into that place where they're in and around the relegation stop, but they're 18th, like Fulham, people will be afraid of them because you know, against Sheffield United, you're not going to get an easy ride. And now they can see some light at the end of the tunnel. Mm. So that then puts pressure on the Burnley, on a Newcastle, you know, then all of a sudden you start, then the pressure starts coming. Mm. And so then, you, you, you never know. But like for me, if I'm Chris Wilder, I'm having that team talk and pulling everybody together. I'm having that. If they had an all or nothing at Sheffield United, this is the time I'd want to be in that dressing room. This is where they all need to watch any given Sunday. They need oh, to yeah. watch the Al Pacino one inch speech. <laughs> you love that speech, man. Oh my God. <laughs> Sheffield United at this moment need to know how much an inch means because when you're a player, listening to that speech you have to understand what the margins are for winning and losing. And an inch is more than enough.
3: I always uh, I have to listen to that speech before every podcast. <laughs> <laughs> just,
0: just that was so away. lucky. I was just like
3: it all went slow motion then for anyone who's like right, he was just taking a swig of his tea, and I was just like, uh oh here he we go. He nearly
0: went all over the computer and it's not a good thing. What about Liverpool, right? Well, I was going to ask
3: if you mind if we started maybe with Man City because coming in, yeah, let's do like Man because City because
0: the imperious Man
3: City. They look. I mean, they considering they've been playing out with what Gundogan as a false nine, Gundogan, yeah, yeah. Foden as a false nine, not Sterling bad, as a false Gundogan. nine.
0: Gundogan's De- not done bad, is he?
3: I mean, considering that he missed the penalty the other day, yeah, and still scored two. Like I actually said on studio a couple of weeks ago, there's a and it was a little bit jokingly, but
2: mm-hmm.
3: it was like there is a case to be made that Gundogan is. At the same time, the best number eight and number nine in the Premier League at the moment.
0: Wow. Yeah. Joey, you know I mean? because his positioning unbelievable. for unbelievable.
3: It's like Aguero. It's like, it's literally yeah. like, it reminds me he's of Aguero. The, yeah.
0: the way he got into the box, especially to the second goal. Remember Phil Foden done his marvelous mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, he's in the six yard box. Yeah. And he's, an, he's, he's, and he's, number he's a number eight. He's in the six. So his yeah. natural instinct is to, is to be in there. And like for for somebody who's, He's just missed the penalty. you you got to understand, I don't think, did I ever miss a penalty that close to, I know I missed penalties, that's for sure, but did I miss one that close to halftime? Because that is like literally handing over the initiative and the impetus to the other team. Mm-mm. Because getting a penalty, you see what it's like when, the, a, a, when your goalkeeper saves a penalty. It's literally, mm. your, you, get a, you get a charge, an energy boost, you get a, an adrenaline buzz that then makes you say, right, let's fucking go, come on. That is what would have happened to Liverpool going in because that would have made them realise, like, we need to wake up. And then City going in there, and this is why City's mentality and strength of their, their how good they are, the strength of their mm. mentality. They go in there, everybody's probably saying, oh, don't worry about it, man. It's cool, don't worry. We're, you know, we're, we're playing well today. The Bam, they go out, he scores, scores, in, in you know after what, I don't even know what it was, five minutes or whatever it yeah. was. Bam. bam. I, re-
3: I reckon they came in at halftime and Pep did one of his like, amazing guys, amazing speeches. Mm. Like, amazing, mm-hmm. perfect, perfect, like perfect. This is perfect. You know something? Keep going. You know something?
0: Yeah. V- v- Arsene Wenger, this is the difference between Arsene Wenger and a George Graham and like a Bruce, R- all those managers that come in and feel like, you know, you could feel like with 10 minutes to go, you're not quite getting it going and they've already in their minds, they're already in their minds, um, decided I'm going to fucking blast them when we get in. And then you mm. might score, but they say, oh fuck, I'm still going to blast them. With Arsene Wenger, no matter how you played in the first half, it'd pick out all the brilliant stuff. All the stuff that was really good movement, good passing, did it, all the good stuff. So you leave the dressing room thinking about all the good stuff, not hammering you about, you done this and that, because then you go out and you're still fucking nervous, Ryan. Yeah. But when you go out, and your, and your manager's saying all the good stuff you've been doing and you go out and you're thinking about the good stuff. This is kind of something that
3: I think recently when I wrote the piece about Meza Ozil for The Ringer, it was it was something that I was alluding to a little bit where you'd be pretty confident that Arsene Wenger saw it all. Yeah, For someone who said he didn't see it quite He saw it. everything. It, he saw it all. <laughs> yeah. That's real, like, man management. Mm. We're human beings at the end mm. of the day. And I think that having someone who sees the things that you do Whereas you're so used to not being appreciated for the stuff that you did do. You want to play for that person. You want to to win for that person.
0: We're talking about somebody that was in total control, no matter Mm -hmm. what was going on on the pitch. Never raised his voice. Never, ever Mm -hmm. can I remember him raising his voice to the point where you go, Jesus Christ, total control, Ryan. Of his emotions,
3: I think the turning point for me was when he pushed Jose Mourinho at Stamford Bridge. Yeah, but even the
0: push was a, a really was just like, like oh, weird. Look, push. What you made
3: me do? <laughs> do you think he said like uh, when he pushed Jose? He was just like. I feel like man have a, has a responsibility that when they push someone to make it art or <laughs> <laughs> has to be as pretty as it's the gotta football. be a beautiful push. <laughs> yeah, it's gotta be a beautiful push. All right, let's so we were talking about Man City yes. and how ominous they look now. But saying that, they've got a pretty tricky run of fixtures, you know. So they've got Spurs at home. Mm-hmm. They've got Everton away in midweek. And then Arsenal away.
0: Well, you know what? We can cause them problems simply because of the Mikel and whatever. You know, he knows how to, yeah. to maybe just to stump them a bit. Whether you can mm. stop an imperious man in Manchester City at the moment, it's a whole told different story, but he's kind of got something where you think, mm.
3: They've got uh, the, the Champions yeah. League game to Gladbach. Back and- it looks like they're going to play in Budapest mm. because of the travel restrictions between Germany, England and all the COVID stuff. Mm. So... Uh, yeah, then the West Ham game at home and then the Manchester Derby. And the
0: thing with the Manchester Derby, I feel that the Manchester Derby and the goal I saw Everton score, even though it was David De Gea's uh, mistake um, and then De um, DeCore scored, the way in which they just went through United was so mm. easy. It comes down to how much space you're going to give them. City at the moment are too good for you to not be in their face and, and kind of try to knock them off their axis a bit because even if you do they can have a two, three minute spell in the game and they score mm. a goal it's, at the moment it would be frightening it's like playing Old Man United back in the day you knew mm. that a, a mistake in a period even if they're not playing well they can, they can get it together for three, four minutes in the game and the game is literally back in total control for them
3: yeah, it's done I mean it was like that against Liverpool like I said actually I think that if the game, if, if Alisson hadn't made those two errors and the yeah. game had finished 2-1, I think there'd be a lot less introspection around Liverpool because I think the scoreline, even though Manchester City were great, I think if you look at the actual balance of the mm. game, it wasn't, there no. wasn't really a huge amount in it. No, it wasn't. One of the things about City though, which I wouldn't say it's gone unnoticed, but their defensive record is frankly kind of otherworldly at the mm. moment compared to anyone else in the Premier League. I mean, Spurs have got a really good defensive record this season, played 22, conceded 22, but Man City have conceded 14. Spurs are the next, they're the closest to them. Yeah, but
0: Spurs are playing a brand of football nothing like Man City it's because Man City, it used to be a, a, a case of, yeah, but they're playing great football, but you can still get at them if you, mm. if you can break. No, at the moment, I believe, and I, I'm going out there, I'm saying it, I believe that the way they're defending and the way they're playing, I think I, I really do fancy them Uh, to go deep Champions League I do with this kind of defence
2: with the way they're playing
0: defensively and the movement up front the form of the players the way they're playing at the moment feels very Champions League form kind of vibe Uh, they can go into the Champions League now with for me the strongest they've ever been defensively and and Mm -hmm. organised I really do feel that at the minute
3: like compared to who else is looking good in those Champions League knockouts I mean Bayern are Mm. kind of ticking over but they're going to Qatar this week for the Club World Cup right. so I mean which why that's even happening I've no idea but <laughs> they're going to be leggy they actually lost to Gladbach a few weeks ago and, and that result had been coming for Bayern so the Champions League I think you're right there actually I don't think there are that many people Mm-mm. in the Champions League that look as settled as Man City
0: maybe Atleti yes but even Atleti have been stuttering a little bit yeah but they've been stuttering but <laughs> The thing with Atleti is, is the manager and, and the mentality of the players knowing mm. what it means to get into champions league head space to win mm. stuff. And they don't mind doing it nasty or whatever. They'll just do it. So if I'm going to mm. be afraid of any team at the moment in the champions league for Manchester, it's probably them because yeah. I, I think that with their kind of manager and the way he thinks and the way they play and, and as well, they can really play when they want to play. They can turn it on. Right. And, I just feel that that team would frighten me more than any team simply mm. because of the attitude and the, and the mentality.
3: Mm. I mean, you saw it last season when they went to Anfield mm. and just like, they oh, just have no fear. Was, yeah,
0: that was brilliant there.
3: Yeah. I mean, should we talk about Liverpool? Cause yeah, they we do are, need to. We do need to. And they've got Leicester next away in the league and then they've got the Champions League tie against Leipzig, Leipzig yeah. which is going to be played in Budapest and then they've got the Derby and then they've got Sheffield United away. That's not, a fun run of fixtures for Liverpool. Now, this is the. Cool, I mean, this is the thing. Thomas Tuchel has come in, <laughs> Man, and yes. he's all. They're a point behind Chelsea. They're, now, they're look, a point behind Liverpool. They're looking.
0: They just. They look. There's something tighter. He's another one of those kind of managers that he's got a vibe. that I said, I like your vibe. There's, there's an mm. energy about you that's like, hey everybody, I'm happy. I don't really care about them lot too much because I'm just doing my thing, and I like mm. what I do, and it's working. Mm. And you know what I mean. It's almost like an oblivious like. To everything else, what, what's going on, right? Simply because what he's doing totally believes in it.
3: His intensity is quite notorious. Like I remember there was a story at Dortmund where I think he was trying to, there was all this kind of stuff. I'm not sure if we talked about it on here, but um, he was basically, he would, he would attempt to make training sessions more stressful, like so stressful yeah. that when they played real games, it, it was felt like, like, less stressful. Oh, it's easy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. like tennis. Tennis balls being fired yeah, at them while they're yeah. playing football. They would like attach to other players and having to play. I heard same. that he, he had something where he
0: had something where he made them play with tennis balls in their hands. So they'd stop grabbing yeah, yeah. people. Yeah, and yeah. then he, he changed the pitch. He cut off the, the four corners of the pitch. So you had, to, yeah. you, had to train, you had to train in the triangular. So the yeah. forwards had to really find space. I think that for me, right, thinking about it, I was thinking to myself, Jesus Christ, I would love to be in those training sessions just playing, mm. trying to find space. Because then all of a sudden, it's like when I was playing at Arsenal, I used to have Martin Keown, when he was against him, mark me in every single football match we played, if he was on the other side. Every single one. And we're talking about man mark, and you're talking about Martin. He wouldn't want you to beat him in training. You know, Dave Mm -hmm. Seaman, is very difficult to beat Dave Seaman in training. So when you're in training, my finishes had to be as precise as if I was on a Saturday. And I'd have to make the kind of movement that Martin Keown is, he's going to foul you. So then when you play on the Saturday, right, it's easier. It's much easier because the defender, I'm thinking, he's nowhere near as tight. Look how much space I've got. Look where the goalkeeper is. All of a sudden, it's 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 easier. It's like playing in weights and then taking them off on a Saturday.
3: <laughs> Martin Keogh, more intense in training than most Ugh. Premier League. Martin, in the Martin Real Keogh games.
0: only he never he never trained. He, he he played like he trained, if that makes sense. Mm. You know, so when he trained on, the, on in the training, not like a normal day training, that is his exact same intensity on a Saturday. The amount of runnings that I heard that he had with people like Thierry and that, because he's going, he's going one hundred percent in training. And like mm. Martin would say to them, when they say, "Fuck, calm down, Martin. What's wrong with you?" He said, "What they're going to fucking calm down on a Saturday?" That's <laughs> the kind of answer Martin would have.
3: That's that. That's what um why that story about Burkamp winding him up about oh, Stepanovs is beautiful. just so funny beautiful
0: Ray Parler tells story. Is the story it's so amazing yeah. we signed Stepanovs just because they overheard Dennis oh. winding up Martin Keogh
3: <laughs> <laughs> so Chelsea are up to a point behind Liverpool
0: now I'm worried for Liverpool just to throw that in I am worried for them yeah because that run of fixtures that Liverpool have got is tricky it's tricky simply because of their, the, the headspace they're in at the moment mm. you'd probably say for a Leicester who've got ambitions of their own, this is probably the time. You know, for a Sheffield United, this is probably the time. I, I, I really
3: do think the outcome of that Leicester game could impact those two or three fixtures afterwards, mm-hmm. all the way down to the Sheffield United game. Yeah. Because Liverpool have, what, lost three of their last five league games. And if they lose a, if they lose a fourth, um, which would be a third in, um, in a row... In the league. Mm. Not even, that would be three three home games in a row they've lost at home, um, in the league and then three league games in a row mm. in the league.
0: I would not write anything off in this league, but like for Liverpool to try and come back now against the City side that are doing their stuff right, it's.
3: I mean, the only thing I'd say that is that 13, if City win their game in hand, that would be 13 points mm. with 15 to play and for they're Liverpool. Not, they're
0: not, not the way they're defending. They're not, yeah.
3: That's a lot to overhaul. I
0: think that the the biggest compliment you can pay Liverpool is that even when they lost the first one, then they lost the second one. You're almost like shock horror because mm. when you get champions as good as they have been to that point, you do get a time where it's starting to test your resolve and your mentality. And what it shows is that when you do lose, how much it strips away where you feel a little bit like Emperor's new clothes. you i like, I'm, Oh my God, I'm naked. You feel mm. like, I'm naked, I need to put some clothes in. While you're trying to put the clothes on, bam. It's just like you're trying to get your stuff on, but people are coming too quickly. There's too many people coming to watch and you can't get to cover yourself. You can't find Mm. it because for some reason, obviously with the defensive side of Liverpool and the goalkeeper all of a sudden making the mistakes he's making, there's a vulnerability to them now that like we said, with with these fixtures that are coming up, that is not one of those teams where it's Leicester, Leipzig, Everton, Sheffield United, you know, who will be thinking, we're going to Liverpool or we've yeah, got it's Liverpool.
3: It's, it's gone, it? gone.
0: And when that goes, you, you you start as quickly as you can. You make it as tough as you can for them because then what you do, Ryan, you make it so as the players who are great players that you see, oh my God, they're magnificent players, have to show you that they are. Because if they're off yeah. it, you're going to say, well, I've, I've got him today. He's not at it today. Yeah. And I'm going to keep him under that pressure. And that is what the top teams and the top players have to deal with on a weekly basis.
3: Mm. I mean, Leicester have got their own problems because they've got the FA Cup, obviously, and then they mm. face Liverpool and then they've got the, the Europa League. So yes. they've got a bit of a fixture pileup as well. They're playing once every three or four days at the moment. They've got yeah. those
0: Slavia Prague, then Villa. That's kind of like a little Derby kind of vibe. We know how good Leicester are and we know what Leicester are capable of. And they don't go under the radar when you're talking because you can't ignore them because look where they are. You know what I mean? Mm. They're third. Leicester can do something because I think Leicester can beat Wolves. I think Leicester can beat Liverpool and I think Leicester can beat Villa.
3: Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Everyone can. This is the thing, I think, at the moment, especially, I mean, you look at even with Manchester United there, actually, I think Manchester United have the kindest run of fixtures out of anyone in the top six for the next few weeks. They've got Real Sociedad in Europa League, which is not going to be fun because Mm -hmm. Real Sociedad are, on their day, they can be really, really good to watch. They've got a lot of underappreciated players Mm -hmm. in that squad. So they've got West Brom away. Mm and then they've got the Europa League, they've got Newcastle at home, and then they go to Chelsea. But the problem is then they've got the derby after that, and then they face West Ham at home.
0: Yeah, but right, can I just say, even with the way they're playing now, and we know that they like to break and do this, playing against West Brom will be Big Sam's dream. Mm. We saw what he'd done to Liverpool up there. It's going to be that kind of situation for Man United. He's going to make that tough. And if it means he's going to say, I'm going to play five and four in front. And my one guy is going to be literally in front of them. And then we've just got to see Man United. They've got to try and break that down, which we know is their Achilles mm. heel. This is where people like Cavani has to play because then, like we mentioned before, the one bit of movement, the one bit of quality from Fernandes, and that could be enough to beat West Brom. But mm. that game is not foregone conclusion simply because West Brom will probably relish that kind of defensive challenge than any other at the moment against the Man United side that we know it sometimes just doesn't happen. So you look at that, you mentioned Sociedad and then Newcastle. You have to say again, Newcastle and Steve Bruce. It, yeah, they've hit
3: I, a bit of form, you know. Yeah,
0: they've hit a bit of form. It's going to be at Old Trafford. And again, they, they, can, they, can, they can make it very difficult. I know that Man United, mm. come, it comes down to, you know, Bruno Fernandes have, like I I keep saying it, but I I can't emphasize enough how when you are trying to keep out players of that caliber, how hard it is to not give them their moment Mm -hmm. to make the difference in the game, to not give them their moment. And that is where Bruno Fernandes comes in because if you give him that moment, then you've got a Cavani, then all of a sudden in Newcastle, bam, you, you, you breach them. And that's all you need sometimes. Dare I say something? There, there. I mean, it's your house, man. You can say what you want. Can Liverpool drop out top four? I mean,
3: in theory, yes.
0: And if we're talking about it like we are talking about it right now, like we're, we're just conceptualising what, what could happen. Yeah, right? I mean,
3: like I say, like we, we, this isn't us being no, like, no, no, no. We're just, this is exactly what's going to happen. This is the chat I would anything. like
0: to have. The only difference is I haven't got a Guinness with me. But the fact is, <laughs> is that the way Liverpool are playing now and the attitude of, Other teams going to play them? Every single game, Ryan, is going to be just like monumentous for them in respects of getting it done. So when you look at Chelsea's form, West Ham's form, and Everton's form, and you never know what's going to happen with Tottenham all of a sudden, Harry Kane's back. Mm -hmm. Somebody out of there is is going to drop out.
3: I said on Stadio that Teams throughout the whole season will find little pockets of groove at some point. Mm. But I think that what we're, we're about to see in the next couple of weeks, uh, the rest of February and all through March, when especially when the international break happens, is that each league around Europe has done a pretty good job of having minimal COVID cases. Mm. But we've seen it before. As soon as you start opening up the international travel of teams, it gets a bit hairy. Mm. It's about to really, really kick off over the next eight weeks.
0: Yes, this is why. Sheffield United, I have faith. Come on, Chris Wilder. I have faith in Embrace you, the man. Embrace the chaos. Embrace yeah. the chaos, man. If there's any season you can predict and say, I fancy them to get out of it, this is the season where you can say something like that can happen. And people say, well, yeah, but of course that happened. Look at the season that was. You know what I mean? Because this is the season where that can happen.
1: This episode is brought to you by the Volvo XC90 Recharge Plug-In Hybrid. The Volvo XC90 Recharge Plug-In Hybrid is designed for the ultimate safety test, climate change. While driving in pure mode produces zero tailpipe emissions outside, its available advanced air cleaner helps optimize the air inside. The car you trust to protect your family now helps protect their future. The Volvo XC90 Recharge Plug-In Hybrid for everyone's safety. Learn more at volvocars.com/slash/us.
2: This episode is brought to you by Neutro Natural Choice Dog Food. Tail wags that could clear a coffee table, getting a whiff of a new friend's behind, chasing squirrels, even in their sleep. Everything dogs do, they do with everything they have. Neutro Clean Recipes gives them the energy they need to keep living their best life with recipes that help them give it their all. Made with non-GMO ingredients, except the trace amounts that may come in contact during manufacturing, Neutro Natural Choice makes it easy to feed your dog well. With no artificial flavors or preservatives and recipes that would make any dog drool, you'll both be doing a happy dance when you fill up their bowl. Neutro, feed clean. Learn more at Neutro.com. Trace amounts may be present due to potential cross-contact during manufacturing.
0: So, Rai, very excited. It's mailbag time. It's Rai's mailbag. Yeah. Can I just say to everybody who listens and the people who listen to Stadion Rai's house, I admire you. I adore you. And I adore the seriousness in which you took the questions about. Send in. What do you want to know? What do you want to ask? And this, for me, is what Twitter and was meant to be about. People interacting, really being able to link with somebody that you can ask stuff and genuinely wants to tell you stuff. And the questions, it's been overwhelming. Obviously, we would picked out a few, but like, um, there's something that I'm going to do a lot more because I love you guys. Thank you so much. Shall I do the first one, Rai? Yeah, go for it. So this is from Phil McCullough, Philly underscore Mac88. Thanks a lot, my friend. One strike partner you never played with, but wish you had. Ooh. The one person that I always think that I would love to have played with more was Teddy Sheringham. Oh, really? Oh, God almighty, yeah. You know, when you watch, I watched again Teddy's goals the other day on his 100 on goals, Premier League goals. It's just, as a, as a player and the way he was, and we came through second division, him at Millwall, me at, me at Palace, and we had that kind of respect, you know, the nod respect. Mm. Yeah, man. Yeah, cool. Yeah, nice. I loved Teddy. I really loved Teddy.
3: Well, I mean, personally, this strike. I mean, I don't play up front, um, mm-hmm. but, you know, I would have loved to have played with this really quite legendary pass-first striker called Musa Kwonga. I think that'd be great
0: Kwonga. You know something? I'd love to watch Musa and just see, because when somebody is, is as intelligent as Musa is, just watching his brain working things out while he's playing would just make me feel like, what, what it would make me say, God almighty, look at this guy. I'd just love to watch him play.
3: No, do you know what it'd be? You'd be like, really? This is the guy who wrote all that stuff? Really? <laughs> this is that guy? Really?
0: really? I'd love to see Musa's celebration. We score. I'd love to see Musa link play, get in the box, bam, far post, header. How would he celebrate? I'd love to I, see. I reckon it.
3: He's, do you reckon he shouts, vamos? <laughs> <laughs> Oh yes. man, he's not here. Why do we want to slag him off? Uh, anyway, I'm going to answer time. the question. I reckon the, 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 the striker that I would have liked to have seen you play with Go on. was Raul, actually.
0: <gasps> Raul. You know, the yeah. thing about Raul is that we always used to talk about him. He doesn't look particularly quick, doesn't look particularly skillful. He doesn't look like anything like how you'd see our um, the mm. dynamism of Mbappe or anything. He's
3: just fantastic. Can you imagine you two just like wreaking havoc in the Bernabeu?
0: oh God, can I throw in somebody as as I'd like to have played in front of and he's playing behind me? The Little Buddha. Oh, De La Peña. Ivan De Peña. And I remember when I used to watch him, I used to say, how come this guy doesn't get hardly any recognition? And me and Morosco was at Arsenal game and Pochettine, Poch came in and me and Poch was talking and then what's it called? I didn't recognise and he says, I read before one time that you liked De La Peña, the Little Buddha. I said, oh my God, one of my favourites. And he went, Said something in Spanish, did it? And he said, It was De La Pena. Whoa. <laughs> oh, like, like that. Oh, my God. And he was so respectful towards me. And I was saying, You were amazing. Peter. Yeah, he was a good player, man. De La Pena has to get some. There you off. go. What else you got? Should you read one? Read one. Shall I read a question now? Read one, yeah. I've just seen one from Guna Gies. Oh, my God. I can't wait to read that one.
3: Go on. Do it now, if you want.
0: Shall I do it? Okay, Gunnar Gies, Gies Dean, this is amazing. He said, I played for Vista, right? This is when we, he said, I played for Vista, which was a massive team when we were kids. And you said you played a game for them one time. Um, You remember it? I said, and I do remember it. And it was um, at Whitefoot Lane in Downham with Rocky. And I do remember it because Vista was one of those teams, like another team called Riverside when I was younger. And there was two Riversides. One was independent. One was in a normal league. Independent was kind of like the better team. But like Vista, they had so many teams. They played in a yellow kit, it had green in it. And I always wanted to play for Vista, but I only played one particular game for Vista.
3: Did you say Rocky played for him as well? Rocky
0: played as well. We played in Whoa. a game where, can I just tell you this story? And this is, yeah. this was amazing because I remember me, my dear friend Conrad Marcus, rest in peace, he passed the other day, Clive Prescott, who's a, a rugby player, Conrad's little brother Trevor, and Clyde's brother Andrew, and me and Rocky. Rocky came to our block of flats and he says, listen, there's a tournament happening in Stillness School. The team was the guy I was meant to have. The parents did wouldn't let them come to it. Wanted. Can we go on playing this game? Seven of us. We went to Stillness School. It was like a six aside. We fucking won the tournament. <laughs> of course you did. And we wore we wore the Vista kit in that tournament as well. How old were you? I would have been thirteen, maybe fourteen. because um, Conrad would have been twelve. Rocky was in at about eleven something like 12. Rocky might've been, I think he was 11 at the time. So I might've been about 15. And we went to this tournament. We won it.
2: We amazing. won the tournament
0: at Stillness School. Oh, that man. was, that was one, that was a moment in that. You should have seen us. No parents. We never had no parents there. It's just us. And this, this young guy who was like the manager at the time, he got in touch with Rocky because Rocky played for Vista. And then we won the tournament. It's amazing.
3: Oh, wow. Oh, I love that story, man. That's amazing. You got anything? Yeah, one from Grace Robertson. Shout out okay. to Grace Robertson. Grace, we love football. you, Grace.
0: See you all the time. You're amazing. She says, "How would Wrighty have felt
3: to play behind closed doors for an extended period? Players seem to celebrate just as much with the feeling of scoring being the same for him."
0: You know what, Grace? It's a great question. The feeling of scoring. I think if you, when people talk about me when I used to train, I celebrated goals in training because, like I mentioned earlier, it was very difficult to get past Martin Keown. And then you had to beat Dave Seaman. So it felt like you were scoring a proper goal on a Saturday. But I feel like I'd probably still get the feel for the goal. But I saw a goal the other day. Mo Salah scored. I think he made it 2-2 against Manchester United in the FA Cup. And the way he celebrated said to me, well, now it's kind of like seeped into them that they don't realise the enormity of that goal. Because if the fans are in there, that is a massive goal. At two two at Old Trafford, I'd like to think that I would celebrate, depending on the goal and the time it scored, Grace. But I could feel like the players now, because when you looked at Mo Salah and the way he celebrated, he kind of literally just high fived everybody and they ran back to the halfway line. I feel that I'd probably be in that headspace now. The mm. goals wouldn't mean the same. And when I was younger, Grace, goals meant everything to me because when I scored a goal, it meant the world. And if they had goals like you play at Back Black, Black E from place like that and they didn't have nets. I didn't feel the same about scoring. I didn't even yeah, actually yeah. want to score. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. you want you want to see it
0: nestle. You want to, you want it to nestle. You wanna be able to put it in the side netting. You yeah. wanna hear the swish, Grace. And so that scoring goals was always the thing why I played. I think I'd probably struggle, Grace, to, to answer your question. I'd probably struggle with um not having the fans there because it's all about the fans. You know what I used to love as well, Grace? When you score that goal at the time of the game where you're winning 2-0, the home team score a goal, there's like five minutes left, the crowd start roaring because they think, yes, we'll get back in this. And then you score the third one, Grace. (laughs) Sit down. And it just literally (laughs) sits them down, Grace. And they're like, oh, Jesus. And that is the one where with the five minutes to go when they start getting up and going ice over, they start leaving. And then you go over, Grace, to pick the ball up and then you, they, they, then they give you a bit of stick and then you just turn around and say, yeah, go on, get out. Game's over. Go on, get out. You know, that is what I missed. I missed being the pantomime villain at away grounds, <laughs> at away grounds when they hated me because I'd make those little fouls, I'd cause people problems, the fans would be jumping up and then you'd score that goal, at the, the 3-1 goal, they're leaving, Grace. And it's the feeling of breaking hearts, man.
3: That's reminded me of something. Go on. Um, Second leg of the Europa League, Arsenal Valencia, or Arsenal one four two a couple of years mm-hmm. ago. And I remember when Arsenal killed the game, and all of a sudden you just heard this weird sound. Kind of, it was like so. The Arsenal fans were way up high in Mast- at Mastaya. Mm-hmm. and then you heard this weird sound of all of these seats popping up, the plastic seats, yes, and just like rustling footsteps out the door. <gasps> or out the exits as mm-hmm. the fourth one went in, and mm-hmm. it was like a really strange sound. I think that um, I was looking through some old photos the other day. I actually posted a picture from that game, mm-hmm. and it hit me that actually, as well as fans being in the stadium and the cheering, it's all of the little things around it. Yes, that I really missed. Yeah, like for example, like Dortmund Schalke, an amazing derby to go to, and that that would be the real shame if Schalke go down the season that we'll lose the the Revia derby in in the Bundesliga, which is. Mm. Very, very spiky. A couple of years ago, I was at the game. And the thing that made me laugh so much was that every time something bad happened, you'd see just these like plastic pint glasses of beer just fly up everywhere, (laughs) right? And it was just this whole thing about you'd see them from just like from your peripheral vision and to the point where Lucy and Favre at one point was collecting empties from the the technical area.
0: (laughs) Can I tell you about one of the most, let me see, how can I? i try to explain it to, to put, put the listeners into a, a headspace where you can try and understand what I'm coming from in respect of this moment um, and how it feels to have the fans there and the fans appreciate something. I remember I scored the goal, what I scored against Everton. And it's something that you, you notice afterwards um, when it happens, but it has to be something that they've seen that's special, right? And I remember scoring that goal against Everton, where I flicked it, flicked it, then flicked it over um, over Southall. My favourite goal was that. Right, it's my favourite goal. And what I remember about that more than anything, right, is that you know you get that kind of applause once the goal goes in. You get the scream, ah, then you get the little kind of applause, and then you go back and it's and, and you kick off. But what you hear after that, right, which was something that for me I will never forget. And this is why. It's so important to say is murmuring of people talking about what they just saw. Mm. That, that and you can and right to hear it because the whole stadium at that moment is still talking about what they've just seen. So it's not cheering. It's not. It, but you can. I I, I can't explain no, what yeah. that feels like.
3: It's just like an awareness of. Oh my god! About. It's no, just no.
0: like yeah. yeah being talked about because what they said because I didn't realize at the time that the goal I scored was the best goal I've ever scored in my life but like once they were doing that then I finished and listened to it I thought to myself Ryan oh my god this is a special thing happening Mm -hmm. this is the kind of stuff that is what it's about
4: wow oh man this episode is brought to you by 3M 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 has always been driven to improve lives with science and innovation. It's this forward-thinking mindset that led 3M to invent household items you've come to know and love, like post-it notes and command hooks. But 3M believes they have a responsibility to use their science to improve lives in even more ways. That's why they're responding to the COVID-19 crisis by working on solutions for some of today's biggest challenges, as a leading provider of personal protective equipment, 3M is producing critical products for healthcare workers and first responders, and donating to local and humanitarian aid partners around the globe. They're also making more respirators than ever before, with plants working around the clock, producing more than 95 million respirators per month in the U.S., helping those on the front lines continue the fight. 3M Science Applied to Life. Learn more about how 3M is helping the world respond to the COVID-19 pandemic at 3M.com slash COVID.
0: Right, I wanted to answer this one, right, because it will make me think. It's from Cheeky Ball Boys at Cheeky Ball Boys. It says, hi guys. And it's really nice. He says, your podcast have brought me a lot of joy in this very challenging year. He says, thank you in brackets. No problem. Um, what has brought each of you Some joy this year. Sending lots of love. Sending it back, Cheeky Ball Boys.
3: Yeah, so shouts to Bob Burner who does that account. Cheeky Ball Boys, he's great.
0: Yeah, man. You know something, right? It's a very difficult question Mm. because I think that looking forward to doing this is something because you get to speak and get things off your chest and trying to be as honest as I can on on the podcast because that's how I feel because I feel comfortable doing it and just getting the kind of response from the mailbag and the, the positive response makes me realize why, how much I love doing this and meeting the guys and our WhatsApp group. But I think, um, if I'm going to tell you what brings me joy, it's very, it's very, um, cliched, but my family have come closer together. There's a bond that we now have, especially my, my missus, my girls and everything was going on. my, My, my wife's family, my brother and everything. It's come together where I don't think this would happen how it happened. Without this pandemic, and it kind of makes you appreciate them more in this time. It's very easy, especially for me, right? There's so much going on that you, you you take a lot for granted. And I think that what this has done, I've slowed down, and I'm able to understand how people feel about me and how people feel about what I do, what how much I need them, and how much they need. And, and it's just, I just feel that sometimes you go through what you're doing, and you feel as yeah, it's just I'm just on the wheel. You don't realize that people don't f- see you just on the wheel. They mm. care about you. You just haven't got time for them and I feel that being able to have time, guys, to give back something to people just know how much you're you're appreciated means a lot to me. You know, yeah. I don't know, you know, I've, I've, and the the, the thing of a question like that, Ryan, is the kind of what what, what I stopped doing is try to answer things where it makes you, oh, that sounds really oh, dude. That is the actual real truth right there. People are say, "Oh, well, it's all about you. No. It's about what my initial feeling of what brings me joy right now, and that is it. Yeah, especially growing up, growing up with the, 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 br- the broken kind of like relationships that I had from a young age now, I feel so safe and loved. Yeah that's, that's what I can take from it.: Oh, man. It's, it, it drives me. It's beautiful. Oh. What you got, right? Give me something.: I mean. It's
3: been a really strange year. Mm. You know, it's been a strange year for everyone. But I think that living alone in a pandemic has been tricky. Yes, bro. Especially in a different country to your family, so it's not even really like you've, you. So you kind of lose the, you lose both things. You lose the ability to see friends regularly and freely, and you lose the ability to see family. You know, things like Christmas. It's been tricky. I'm not wanting to make this a little bit of a substory story because I no. think that we've been very lucky in the last year, Musa and I, especially where we've we moved like the stadio stuff to the ringer yeah which gave us the security to continue doing it and then Mm. which led to doing righty's house yeah it sounds really cheesy and really obvious to say but i do think that the thing that has probably brought me a lot of joy over this is we've had a lot of people get in touch about it and a lot of it has been quite heavy in terms Mm. of like maybe responses that we never thought that we would get that regularly from people you know and people are really going through it everywhere yes Yes, people have been really struggling in various, either financially or health-wise, yeah. or emotionally or mentally, and yeah. hearing that something like Stadio or Wright's House can
0: bring something.
3: Yeah, bring something to people, and then for those people to actually reach out and, yeah, you know, for example, we've had people say that because of Musa Musa Mouser talking about his sexuality, they mm-hmm. felt more emboldened to come out as yep. bisexual, and yeah. you know that to us is really important because we believe that football should shouldn't be it's not it's not my game. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily your game, it's not anyone's game, really. No, it's man. like and I think that you love football, you should yeah, you should have access to it. And I don't mm-hmm. and, and that's really important for me. So yeah, I mean I think it's more I think that stuff has been really, really nice this year. Yeah. And yeah, other than that, Moose's yeah. fucking Moose. nonsense trolling.
0: <laughs>
3: there you go. <laughs> uh,
0: can I tell you something? Um, and, I, and I give this to the guys as well. Cheeky ball boys. I'm not just, jo- I'm not joking. No matter what mood I am in, right? Good, bad or indifferent. If I hear Moose's laugh, I'm in a good mood. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I mean, there's a reason, there's a reason that we put a little kind of funny snippet at the beginning of each podcast episode because it's like, we want everyone to have fun listening yes. to the podcast, right? Yes. And even if we do something quite heavy, you know, we might go after a, you know, we might go after FIFA or we might go after, we might be talking about a racism incident. It's just like, ultimately, hopefully at the end of this, you're going to feel better than when you started it. So it's, yes. that's, the, that's, that's really important, especially I think also with football coverage and it's kind of why we did it. It's like, a lot of people focus on the negative sides of football. There's so much amazing things. Mm. I mean, football is obviously quite, it's quite a lot of the time gross, mm. but there's enough good in there to celebrate. And, you know, why not? Why not do it?
0: Can I speak about um, Milo as well? I've seen Milo in the, um, on, the, on the Roscoe's Little Girl. I've got to say, with because my youngest now is eight, to have Milo come in now to, to the world with us, you know, and she's coming in a pandemic. So every time I I do the podcast, I get to to see her and play her for a little bit. Did, have you seen my conversation with Myla? I think-
3: I the, have, yeah. Warming up for the podcast. She's. Did, we need to, we, we, we're all going to have to watch ourselves as soon as she starts talking properly.
0: Honestly, bro. She, just being able to see her and for me to be able to to, you know, connect with somebody with the same kind of like, IQ kind of like vibe. Oh. Me and Myla, me and Mila connect, man. Because you know what I love about Myla is that when I come and play with her, as soon as she does that thing where she kind of checks in and sees my face, it's what, you, it's what the, it's what the children are about. You know what I mean? It's just like yeah, what man. makes you, I feel like in this time as well, she, if I start playing with her, forget everything. Everything else doesn't matter. It's just like you go into that place cause you're in her head and you're thinking what she's thinking and stuff like that. These are the kind of things now where you feel like that is what you appreciate. Mm. I, honestly, oh, I can't, I, I, you know, I don't want to go too deep on people. Let me, let me go, let me go one. More. Oh gosh, look, Raven DeClaire. He says, um, would Wrighty ever been the guy to lie down behind the wall at a free kick? And if not, which of his teammates would have been? Listen, that should be called the Keown. Martin Keown would love that job. Do you think so? That's Martin Keown's job. Martin Keown wants to block. You know, the thing with Martin is that when we, I remember sometimes you're watching from up that end because you are the forward and you see a forward's foot come back to shoot. The amount of times I've gone, oh, fuck, go. Martin's body just comes out of nowhere and blocks it. Nowhere and blocks it. That kind of, that's what Martin Keown does. He'll take it anywhere. I would never be that guy. I would never be that guy.
3: If Martin Keown was gonna lie down behind the wall, you know how they always lie down with their back to the ball?
0: <laughs> I think he'd <you'd> face it. <laughs> well, why would you lie down with your back towards it back towards it? It's a
3: very sad and lonely existence. That it's really down. weird
0: and because I, I just feel like somebody's just said somebody's gonna have to lie down behind the wall because we can't have these Ronaldinhos just putting it under the wall. And why not, right? I think yeah. it's brilliant. I think it's 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 needed. Yeah,
3: I also think though that um you only really need it for maybe three or four free kick takers per league. Yes. You know, for a start, James Ward Prowse isn't putting it under the wall.
0: He's not putting it under the wall, bro.
3: No. He don't need to. Fernandez will try one in every 10. Yeah. yeah. Messi's the problem. I think Messi broke how to defend free kick because there was. <laughs> There's probably a compilation of different wall configurations for Messi free kicks and how he just. <laughs> he's just like. It's kind of like the equivalent of. Have you ever seen the moose, moose a me to this video of, so I can't remember where it is, but it's about a monkey is tormenting two lion cubs All right. by like swinging from the tree and it just keeps swinging down and just like booping them on the head and then going back up again. Do you know what I mean? And these lion cubs are just like, oh man, what the hell? And they're like really trying it. And it's just like, oh, it'll do one and then do the other one. And they're like, meh, meh, meh. that's kind of what like Messi's free kicks were like for a while. <laughs>
0: You know what, right, I've seen a question here from Emily, underscore Emily Yoram. Hopefully I've pronounced that right, Ems. Yeah. This is a, a whole episode, this question. Do you want to hear it? Yeah. Um, who would be in your combined men's and women's team? Um, best 11 for Arsenal, current squads, bro. That's, um, <sighs> that's an episode. I think that, that's a fact. Thanks for that, Ems. We're probably going to do that at some stage. We're going to spend, um, spend some time on that one. um. Don't,
3: don't, think, don't think
0: about it yet. Look at me thinking about it already. Yeah, we'll it. spend yeah. some time on that one. But um, like, yeah, got, we'll do that. I've, Thanks for that question, Em's. We're going to do that at some stage. I like it. What you got, Ray? I've
3: got a couple of quick ones for you. Go on then. Okay, this one
0: from Catherine Batter.
3: If you had to do a duet with Alan Shearer, what are you singing?
0: Oh my God, we have sing, um, we'd have to sing, we'd we'll have to do a Lionel Richie, me and, me and Al. That's his go-to Man, song. Is he he's a Lionel fan? Man's a massive Lionel fan. You wow. start, I can just, literally, if I, when we're in, if we're in the office and I just go, well, my friends, the time has come. He'll go, raise the roof and have some, <laughs> bam, get him every single time. On, <laughs> Get him every single time. He can't help himself. What film is it where he just can't help himself? What f- I need an analogy of, a, of a, I need an example of a film where- It's the, uh, it starts- it's, it's, it's Bugs Life. Bug's the, life. What's the light? the light? I can't hear it. That so is beautiful. it. Bug's life. You, you give out the first couple of bars of Lionel Richie. He's in. Bam. Raise the roof and have some fun. Can I give you one more? Please, yeah.
3: So this one from Coach Giazzi says, does Ian know that he's, he gets mentioned in the FIFA commentary three or four times? And if so, do <laughs> It's like, yeah, because you're on there as a, as a legend, as a, right? A
0: legend. You know something? It's unbelievable to be in the game because when you look at the icons that are in the game, It's very humbling, right? You know what I mean. So, and sometimes people now send shots of me finishing and doing my stuff. So it's it's really strange to watch, but it's just so flattering. It's flattering. I would never have dreamt of
3: it. Oh man!
0: You know, now you see, you you, you know. So to get that mention and to be amongst it like that, it's it's humbling, right? You know, I'm useless at the game, but I love playing it. I don't play with myself, but like. Anybody, my sons, everybody, they have to play with me.
3: We should play online. I've got it.
0: <laughs> yeah, man. How weird is this, right? You play the game and when I played, finishing was my thing. I like to think that I was composed and clinical and this and that. When I get anywhere near the goal with FIFA, I fucking go to pieces, bro. <laughs> Pressing the wrong button, just getting it completely wrong. But like when I score.
3: I really love uh, also this, uh, an NBA game. Yes. I mean, and in it, there's there's like a, a Twitter feed in the career mode and it comes up with actual real people. Right. Like Shea Serrano's in it and like people like uh, Woj and all these these, yeah. these big basketball people. I'm like, I'd love to be in FIFA, but it's kind of like Ryan from Stadio. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to Say you've got like a new career mode or you're, it's like Ryan from Stadio questions whether so-and-so. <laughs> they <That laughs>
0: should, <laughs> should do that. They should do that.
3: Yeah, I'd love that. Could you imagine? Let me and Moose be in the next FIFA.
0: Honestly, please. that is the one. That is perfect. Uh, I love that. Great question um, because like I say, that's, that for me is, like I say, it's, it's the ultimate to get that kind of wreck. I'm getting that wreck.
3: And also, where's your icon card? It's in the background, isn't it?
0: No, no, it's not there. Hang on a
2: minute.
0: I mean, look at that. <laughs> you know something, right? Again, like I say, listening to Stadio you know what I mean? Getting the comments you get from Righty's house, knowing the, the people that are listening are the kind of people I'd, I'd love to have a glass of wine and a Guinness with and talk to. It makes me feel good. Yeah. And I, and, and you know, I just hope that everybody's, you know, staying safe, doing the best you can in this ridiculous time. Just stay strong. Because the thing about this, right is that I read something the other day. It was quite good. It said, if you woke up today, then you survived 100% of the worst days of this pandemic. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you think to yourself, sometimes you, you read stuff like that and so, say, oh, here we go, cliche. But you, you, need to, you need to hear those things sometimes just to make you feel like, yeah, yeah, you're right.
3: Yeah, man. Do you know what I'm looking forward to? What, bro? Potential writer's house and stadio lives. Go oh be, my God. Can,
0: I, I'd love that. I really I really would love I'd be, I'm going to be you know something it would be brilliant because we'll make it brilliant because you know what the people who, are, who, are, who listen to us they'll be brilliant they're the people you want there you know I don't feel any kind of pressure I don't feel any negativity it makes me feel good to be doing this oh man well thanks for having me again thanks for coming into the yard bro hey that was fun see you soon as soon as can be right Thanks again to my guest, Ryan Hunt. Thank you very much, guys, for the mailbag. Hope you enjoyed that. And we'll do that again. Stay healthy. Stay safe. See you soon. God bless.